This is Jim Mon and Bug Hall. Welcome to 12th Station. Uh, Mr. Hall and I will be examining modern society's assault on masculinity, the repercussions of this assault, and probably the most important element of the show, how we could fight against it. Bug, my friend, great to see you. Let's get at it. Good to see you, sir. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Yeah, I was uh, talking with some friends the other day, and this problem was, was coming up, uh, the idea that there really is an assault from all directions. Uh, and it's easy to get kind of bogged down because the problem is so multitudinous, right? There's there's a million widgets uh, uh, at play in the attack on masculinity. What came to mind was a great quote from a great man named uh, Chesty Puller. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly tell the story. So it was a great battle, the Battle of Chosan, and uh, there were some, some problems uh, the Chinese had, had sent more troops than we had expected, and we were in retreat. And the men were, were really um, not distraught. They were uh, uh, frazzled, right? You know, they, they were frantically trying to get out of there. And Chesty Puller stood up, and he said, Well, men, the enemy's to our left. They're to our right. They're in front of us, and they're behind us, which means they can't get away this time. <laughs> And uh, I think that's what we have to, I think that's the mindset we have to keep keep here, right? It's that uh, joy de guerre, as the French call it, right? The, the, the joy, joy of war. Right, right the joy of war. Um, we've got to really hunker down. We've got to hunker down and find the fight in our own life uh, and start uh, start leveling an offensive. Wow. The, the, the great story, the frozen chosen, as they called it. My father was an officer in the Marine Corps in, in infantry in, in Korea, so a lot of action. And uh, wow, great story. Hey, Bug, let's frame up the war on men and masculinity. Uh, we're not going to go into it too long because this is hardly in inclusive, but we're going to speak generally. And later on in the show, we'll talk specifically. Worth noting, uh, we think what we're saying about the assault on masculinity is obvious, right? It's everywhere. Men, particularly call them white heterosexuals of European descent, it seems like, are now de facto the oppressive patriarchal hierarchy. This hierarchy is the source of all economic and social disparity. That's it, as well as all of society's ills. You don't have money, your life's difficult, and you're a, a member of one of these self-identified political groups. It's the fault of the male patriarchy. The, wor the world's broken, and we're told the world is not equal. Of course, it's not equal. It never was. I, I, I just find this whole argument just to be so intellectually weak. That doesn't mean we, we, we have a we have a ruling class. We treat people horribly. The, the argument itself is not is not thought out. There's certainly no context to history. Right. You know, there never was an equal. And, and I thought, listen, Buck, to start the conversation off. Right. I think this is an important notion. Let's look at the notion of equality. And I and, and, and I'm going to and I'm going to start out with uh, with this statement. Right. The, the reflexive response to any inequality is racism, right? And, and this is, so, again, this is so intellectually weak. I'm just going to go over one example that I want you to take up, one of those things we were talking about earlier from a philosophical standpoint, right? No one has, 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 has bothered to look at the facts. And, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about in this show is, you know, the solutions to this, how we can make ourselves better. And, and it starts with education. We're just going to look at one example, and we're going to go over it very, very briefly. And I, and I, would, I would recommend anyone read uh, uh, Thomas Sowell, S-O-W-E-L-L. -L. Any book he has written is, is just a real uh, splash of cold water in the face. Yeah, he's now, 
Yeah, I, right? The, the guy's incredible. And I love Victor Davis Hansen too. But um, listen, you look at Africa, right? Point number one, Africa has very limited ports, meaning maritime trade is impeded drastically. That's cultural exchanges. That's intellectual exchanges. That's goods and services. It's, it's for example, only 2% of the African coastline can handle deep water uh, cargo ships. Right. Point number two, there's no rivers uh, that can bring the goods and services inland. First of all, Africa is a plateau, which means that the water runs down like the last few miles of the river run down 1,000 feet. You have a drought season, you have rain season, you bring a boat there, you're stuck till the next rainy season. This has been going on forever. And another, uh, you know, another really key point, which actually shocked me when I looked into this, right? You look at languages and, and sub-Saharan Africa is so geographically isolated that you have 10% of the population, yet 30% of the world's languages reside in, in Africa. What does that tell you? They're geographically isolated. It's very difficult to get one area or the other. Um, I guess what I'm saying to you, Bud, is that the notion of equality, and we, it's, it's become so ingrained and pounded into our skull that everyone should be equal, and that man-made systems are going to make them equal, right? That, that, you know, and, and that's, by the way, why we should vote for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we should vote for you and, and hand over all our political power. But Africa is just one example. And this is one of the things that we're going to talk about. We're, we're going to try to get people to pivot both, you know, factually from a historical standpoint and philosophically. Bug, could you talk to that a little bit? Sure, yeah. Uh, the example you gave is a great, uh, it's a great example on inequality in the geopolitical spectrum. But inequality is a philosophical principle, right? Yes. Uh, Thomas Aquinas talks about how you know no two created things are equal, which uh, that quote I always found ironic, uh, considering that one of the founding principles of the United States are that all men are created equal, right? Um, and uh, it's an interesting thing because it's philosophically uh, untenable, right? God created the entire universe as a hierarchy. Uh, no two angels are equal. No two human beings are equal. No two seemingly identical rocks are equal. Um, Interesting point. Yeah, right. The, the reality is, is hierarchy is a fundamental principle of the reality we live in. And the more we, as men, the more we, uh, and women, reject that principle and live outside of that reality, the more disordered uh, society becomes. Wow. Um, now, does that negate or, I guess, mandate to push forward and achieve? I know it's a loaded, you know. No, no. It, that, it can, you know, hearing that principle, I think, can certainly freeze some people up. And they can, let's say they choose to believe that, right? Because uh, yes. belief, belief is in the will. Um, that's that's also a fundamental fact is uh Start really, start really thinking about what you believe and why you believe it. Um, but, you know, that can freeze people up. The reality is it should motivate you, right? St. Paul says strip off every garment and run to win the race. And what he was talking about specifically, and this is what the, the fathers of the church talk about, is we God has, has ordained a place in the hierarchy for every one of us. Now, it's a certainty that every one of us is currently falling short of whatever that position in the hierarchy is. 
Uh, and so we should all be running with everything we have rather than throwing up our hands and saying, well, if I'm unequal and I'm just right here in some place between this guy and that guy, well, then, you know, forget about it. What's the point of, of doing anything? No, the point is there's a higher spot. You're called to greatness. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, something that we're explicitly taught against in our culture, right? Especially if you're a man, right? Wow. If you're a man, if you're a little boy going to school, you're taught that you're just a defective girl. Um, there you go. That's the word. You're a defective girl. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, you're taught that you, the things that make you great actually need to be suppressed and put aside. Uh, and the reality is we need to start embracing who we are and what we are, right? Uh, we need to ask the, the question about ourselves, quit S, right? What is it? What, what is am it? I? Um, and, we, and we need to run to win, win the prize, man. Yeah. It's, it's uh, offensive nowadays to say, I want to be great. I mean, it, it, that's really something that if you say that in a crowd, people will look at you and, and smirk or, or kind of laugh that off as some sort of, uh, you know, immodest statement. But we absolutely are supposed to want to be great. Uh, we're called to it. We're called to it. That's, that's just a, a fact of reality. And by the way, all men for all of history held that as the core principle of, of, of their existence, regardless of what religion they were, right? Because you can go back to the, you know, you can go back, back to the, the high pagan culture of, of Greece. Sure. And, you know, you had the Stoics, you had the, the, the culture there that said, we should be great regardless of what the consequences are. Marcus Aurelius, uh, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. Yep, absolutely. Epictetus, sorry. And uh, when Christianity came along, we found we found the reason behind that, or at least, you know, we, we presented the reason behind that, which is Jesus Christ. Um, he has ordained a place for us in the hierarchy. Let's be great. Let's seize that position. Let's shirk off everything that does not benefit our greatness and let's run to win the prize. Um, and the problem is it's again, it's easy to throw up your hands and this is what the devil wants. The devil just wants to spare. Right. And, sure. and, and, and the culture that, uh, that he influences. Uh, they want despair. They want eventually everyone to shrug and say, well, what's the point? Let me just, let me know my place, which is right here. There's no going up. I'm just, I'm right where I am. Uh, and all the various widgets that are working against us can cause people to throw up their hands. So I think that's, I think that's what I want to do throughout the process of this show is to, is to break down those widgets, you know, um, Right now, I think we should give an overview of what those are. I, I think there's, uh, I think a lot of them work together, and a lot of them are uh, really independent of each other. But they're all working yes. against masculinity. You know, you've got all the various institutions of the world, right? You've got uh, government institutions, public schools, um, you've got uh, uh, unions, you've got all these various things that are explicitly working against masculinity. Yes. Um, not to mention a very powerful media mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the entertainment industry, which yep. is, uh, you know, and you reminded me of something earlier, but I think you framed that up really nicely. Since the beginning of time prior to prior to Jesus Christ, this was uh, this was inherent in our being. Yep. The, the, the call to greatness. And and I, I found that kind of interesting. You framed it up very, very nicely. Sorry for the interruption, but this is an important message. We are proud to have St. Joseph Partners sponsor us. St. Joseph Partners 
is a service provider to individual investors and institutions focused on physical gold, silver, and other precious metals. History points to physical gold, precious metals in your possession as a great protector of your family's wealth. Right now, inflation is hard to ignore. Currencies and governmental systems can fail. Having physical precious metals on hand is an excellent insurance policy. And it's precisely the kind of issues that we discuss with masculinity and society right now. So call St. Joseph Partners or visit our web website. The number is on the screen. There are no high pressure sales tactics. They'll help you and answer any questions that you might have. And they're also committed to their charity of promoting spiritual fasting. They have funded Faster America for 10 years now to pray for God's protection of our nation. So please consider St. Joseph Partners if you or anyone else you know is considering purchasing gold or other physical precious metals. Again, phone number, website address on the screen. Now back to our show. Well, I was going to say that the you know if you look at our culture now, we're the sickest culture ever. And I don't just, I'm not even talking about the lack of masculinity. I'm talking about suicide rates being higher than they've ever been. If you dig back through, you know, let's say medieval manuals, yeah. finding examples of suicide are nearly impossible, right? Um, because regardless of how bad your life was, you understood, at least I can be great, right? At least I can hunker down and bring about virtue. You know, actually, I want to tell a quick story. Sure. Uh, one of my favorite figures of the 20th century, uh, his name is Witold Pilecki. Um, he was a Polish war hero. The guy was like the real life Indiana Jones, right? I mean, he was just, he was a, a wild man on the battlefield, uh, jumped off his horse onto a tank once and threw a grenade in and then jumped back on his horse as the tank exploded behind him as he rode off. I mean, the guy was just a wild man. Um, well, a whole bunch of his gen generals were arrested and sent to Auschwitz. And so he said, I'm going in. I'm going to get myself arrested. I'm going to go rescue my generals and we're going to fight our way out. Um, this is a cra crazy man. Um, but I think one of the most. Stop great there for a second. He got himself sent to Auschwitz. Right? Yep. Yep. Got like, himself. Okay, sent. He's one of Frank. Like, okay, got it. And uh, when he, when he did finally escape with his generals, he uh, wrote a memoir. He was in there for two years, wrote a memoir um, and uh, got it into the allied forces hands so that they could understand what was going on. In fact, he most likely changed the course of world history because it was his memoir that got us into the European theater, got the Americans into the European theater. So, but anyways, he's got this great quote. Um, he's pushing a wheelbarrow. He's got, they've got these little wooden planks. And if you fall off into the sand, he had seen it multiple times. The second you go off into the sand, you've held up the show and an SS guard uh, would beat you to death. That was just par for the course. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, one day he goes off into the sand and he says to himself, oops, well, that's it. I'm done for. And they start beating him and they beat him nearly to death. In his memoir, uh, he's talking about this. He's, he's, he's recounting this experience. And he says, uh, with each strike of the club, uh, the wood seemed to strike straight through to my soul. But what it found there was fresh soil to be tilled to bring about virtue. Oh. Wow. Um, and that was the mentality of most men throughout history. Uh, and so the sickness in our culture now, it's that loss of purpose. It's the loss of meaning because our meaning is tied to material things. It's tied to silly career paths that ultimately uh, have no bearing on, on your character. Right. Yes. When you make your life purpose about character, when you make it about greatness, true greatness, um, 
there isn't anything that can cause despair in you. And we live in a culture of, of total despair, right? We live in a culture of men who uh, are, are frozen in their despair. And so they, they play five hours of video games a day and see no future for themselves um, or worse, those who uh, uh, end their own existence because they can't see past the haze of, of meaninglessness. Um, and it's a, it's a real problem. And it's not just the institutions, right? I mentioned, you know, all the various institutions we have against us. We've got ideology, right, coming at us from all sides, from, you know, from feminism, uh, which, by the way, is one of the errors of Russia. Right? Feminism sure. really got its start uh, in Russia, and it was exported here um, early on sure. uh, and gained a foothold. Well, Bob, just just a real quick question. I, I, something I've always equated. Wouldn't you say feminism is Marxism? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they, they want equal outcome. That, that, that's that's the you know. So go ahead, please. And they wanted to dismantle the family, right? The the family sure. unit. The family unit stands as a bulwark against everything. Yes. Literally every evil ideology in the world is foiled by strong families. Um, and this is one of the other errors. I'm uh, talking about ideological errors. Uh, in the Enlightenment, the idea that every man was his was his own sovereign. Right, that sort of radical individualism. Yes, uh, that was invented. That was sort of brought forth, uh, breathed into the world, and that's simply not true. No man is a mirror of society, and society is not a mirror of any one individual. Society is a mirror of families. Right, the family is the is the smallest building block of society. You can't fractionate it down further to the individual level, um, and philosophically that. It makes perfect sense, right? Because a family is a society. It's a really small society. And so when you add up all the families, you start to get a general society, right? Um, when you add up a bunch of individuals, you get a whole bunch of small sovereigns. And each one of them is their own, their own tiny little society that has no relation to one another, right? And that's the, that's the problem with for radical individualism. Russia, well, and I don't want to I don't want to pick just on Russia, by the way, because the, the communist problem started before Russia. Right. It started with the uh, it started with the uh, uh, the Freemasons. It started with. Uh, right. Right. Exactly. Illuminati out of France. The, the, the natural outcome to uh, the Enlightenment and Freemasonry is Marxism, which we're using interchangeably as Russia. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, yeah. by the way, the, the Freemasons, this is a this is a fact of history. The Freemasons funded Marx. Yes. Uh, they supported him financially while he was writing his uh, his his manifesto. Right. So um, right. and by the way, they, they funded a lot of totalitarian, totalitarian dictators through history. They also funded Fidel Castro when he first uh, arrived into Havana and right. he stated a free. But there's a, there's a ton of examples. But go ahead. So that's one of the other uh, that's one of the other primary enemies of masculinity. Right. And, and the reason the reason why we're focusing on masculinity yeah. Is, is ultimately, uh, ultimately, men just will naturally, and you see this again and again and again in history as things start to decline and then build back up, men have a natural inclination towards rightly ordered hierarchy. Uh, and rightly ordered hierarchy begins with a family and grows into beautiful things, right? And you see these high cultures come and go throughout history. The longest example of it that you can find is Christendom. Um, and, uh, obviously, uh, that idea, the natural idea of hierarchy and rightly ordered society, um, is perfected in Christianity. 
Um, but it is, it is part of our nature. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, well, that was set up great. Hey, Bug, your permission here. I was thinking I'd like to go through, and this is not comprehensive, but uh, a broad overview of the state at uh, the state of, of, of masculinity in men and really um, what sort of the scorecard is. And again, it's not comprehensive. So with your leave, I'm going to I'm going to hit this. So real quick, mortality. The average man dies five years before the average woman. Now, that's been around a while. But one of the one of the reasons uh, it's it has uh, in uh, the number has actually widened is because of the uh, of substance abuse and addiction. And I think you were referring to that earlier with the video games as well. Right. Suicide. If you're a middle aged guy, uh, chances are, you know, at least one of your peers who's taken his own life. Uh, yep. I mean, 77 percent of all suicides are men. This represents a 43 percent increase since the year 2000. And the number is disproportionately white men. The jail crisis, 90% of inmates are men. Boys are failing in school. Women outnumber men in colleges and graduate degrees. Falling male wages. This is huge. Now, this is something no one talks about. Technology has absolutely displaced a huge number of manufacturing skill labor jobs. These jobs were traditionally male. Think it's a small point, Bug? The ability to provide resources to a family, that security, is listed as the number one trait for a potential mate by women, which, by the way, makes perfect sense. Women have babies. Having a baby requires a huge commitment by a woman. The trauma of childbirth. I don't have to tell you, you know, I, I bet your family, women are best served by having a husband who understands someone by their side, handling and providing resources is pretty important. If they can't get jobs, Seven million working men have dropped out of the working force. Half of them are on some form of pain medication. This is a nightmare, right? Let's just look at this, too, and to, to kind of frame this as the assault on men. Let's look at gender studies at universities. Literally, quite literally, almost every college in the United States has a gender studies program. The core mission is to attack the male patriarchy and privilege, which they have defined. And the mission is to further the narrative through a, that... That everything is to be viewed through a prism of power, and that power must be taken away by by force, if necessary, yep. and redistributed. Which, yep. by the way, we call that Marxism. Yep. Right. Also, uh, in gender, women's studies, and the media, and popular culture, and movies, and entertainment, gender, it, you know, we are told, is a function not of natural law or or biology. Gender is a social construct. It's indistinguishable from, from one from the other, interchangeable. I mean, this is insane. Just a couple more points, and then we're going to pick this up because it's serious out there. And, and what we're talking about, we're going to spend, and, and we're just trying to frame up what we're going to be doing here uh, often is we're going to talk about some of the solutions about this because this is very serious. Uh, you know, oh, by the way, marriage in the traditional sense is nothing more than further evidence of male patriarchy, right? That's again from gender studies. Um, how about the, the myth of the gender pay gap? Yeah. Anyone worth their salt who has looked into this, and Harvard debunked it more times than Bigfoot, even Harvard debunked this. Women tend to make different choices about work life. You know, they, 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 take, they tend to take on more of the responsibilities of child care or parental elderly care. You know, and they also tend to gravitate towards jobs that are not as highly compensated. They're, they're, they're jobs of uh, you know, nurturing, nursing, social work, things like that. 
Another example, the male death gap at work. We got to close that gap. Now, here's one. Fatherless homes. We all, I, I, this is shocking to me that this doesn't make it, you know, but according to National Kids Count, 40% of children are born today outside of wedlock. In the African-American community, it's closer to over 70%. The yeah. government has stepped in and, and, and said effectively, you know, you don't need fathers. Now, what's, what, what, this, these are just to name a few, and I'm going to wrap it up here, but um, 35% of kids, they live in single parent homes. Most are single mothers. Now, even the ones that are home, chances are that's not the guy, that's not the child's father. Right. 70% of residents in juvenile detention centers are from fatherless homes. 75% of rapists are from fatherless homes. 71% yeah. of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. Okay. The consequences are devastating. And uh, the government's dis disincentivizing marriage and its uh, with its welfare program, going back to the great society, it was obvious. It was obvious. The message in all this is very clear. The government will take care of you. You don't need a man. By the way, vote for us. And we're also going to talk about men in the church, you know, yeah. during the show. The men yeah, in the well, church. That's, that's the biggest problem, in my opinion, is, you know, as goes the church, so goes the world, right? Yeah, um, fair enough. I, I believe that the Catholic Church is what she claims to be, which is the mystical body of Christ in the world, through which all the grace uh, that our Lord um, merited uh, on the cross uh, flows into the world. Can I ask you a question, Bob? I, I, if you could comment on something for those maybe who are tuning in, who don't understand what you just said, as goes the church, so goes the world. Can you take this a little further? For example, yeah. you know, history has been hijacked and the Catholic church has, has, has basically been the reason for Western civilization. Can you pick that up and just talk about it briefly? Yeah. Um, for context. Yeah. So, well, you know, first of all, uh, you know, again, I want to touch on the idea that that uh, none of the principles that our Lord uh, gives to us uh, in Scripture or through the church, none of them are contrary to uh, human nature. Right. They're all packed into our nature. And what's cool about that is you see examples of that throughout history again and again and again. And then the church came along and essentially well, our Lord came along and gave us a church and the church. Uh, continues to transmit his teaching faithfully uh, and to present all the principles in a way that that are clear, right? So yeah. whereas, whereas our nature had to sift through and sometimes you got great, uh, you know, people with, people with great clarity of, of, of mind like um, Aristotle, right? Sure. Uh, who, were able, who were able to sift through and find the principles on their own. Most people can't do that. I certainly can't do that. Um so our Lord presents these principles, the church transmits them faithfully. Now, over the course of 2000 years, Western civilization, uh, and it, Western civilization, because that's where the church predominantly operated. Um, yep. there, were, there were political bodies uh, against her in, in the, the Near East and Far East, um, built into essentially the perfection of all the principles of society, right? And you got you got this sort of high culture come about um, and exist for a long time. It was during that time frame that hospitals were invented, that uh, uh, orphanages, even orphanages. universities. Uh, you know what else? We we uh, we solved the slavery problem for for a very 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 long time, right? This is something that people always tend to forget. Slavery was the oldest institution in the history of the world. There was no culture, not one culture, that did not practice slavery. 
Exactly. It, 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 in the entire history of man, the strong have subjugated the weak. Slavery has been around forever. And what you see, what you see as as uh, as Christendom slowly built, right? As as it as it slowly, um, well, uh, converted the world around it, right? The world within it and the world without it. Um, what you see is slavery going th from from the early stages, and then slowly going through a uh, a more uh, serfdom phase, and then the peasant class yes come out of it. You, you see what would have been the slave class slowly elevated. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and, and so. And, and, and if I could for a second, your example for um, the, 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 uh, the serfdom that have gone on in Europe because of the agrarian culture. And that's how it worked. Uh, if I could back up one second before you go any further. Um, and all of this came out from the Judeo-Christian God. It originated in Jerusalem, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. It originated in Jerusalem with the fact that Man had inherent dignity by virtue of his existence in the eyes of God, right? No one's, you know, as you pointed out earlier, very eloquently, no one's equal. Yeah. But that, in fact, um, translated, because our roots in Catholicism are Judaism, that, in fact, translated and transferred to Rome, where the, you know, the dignity of man in the eyes of God was paramount. And little by little, they chipped away at it. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair enough. I, I I get a little flack for this sometimes. I tend to shy away from the the phrase Judeo Christian. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, please. And, and the only reason for that is is that uh, the church is the uh, well, Judaism is the prefiguration of the Catholic Church. Yes. Um, so we get our we get our religion, if you will. Uh, it, it it comes up out of that early. That early covenant, right, that our Lord, and there were multiple covenants, but that, you know, he was slowly forming a church. Sure. And that's a beautiful concept that, that I like to really focus on. When it comes to social principles. Yes. Social principles don't come so much out of the pre-Christian uh, uh, application of, of, of principles, right? It was really Christ and what he transmitted through the church that built western culture yes uh, yeah, good fair fair point because you're right because that demarcation everything changed yeah it really did i mean it yeah, was a, yeah fair enough i see your, and, i see your by the way that's that's why early judaism fought so hard against christianity yes right because christianity was countercultural to the judaic uh, uh way of life um and so that's an important that's an important principle i think to 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 remember um, I think you bring up a good point, Mike. Thanks for the clarification. Keep yeah, going. But, so all of our culture now rests on that foundation, that Christian foundation. Um, and we, at this point, we almost entirely take it for granted, right? And there's a million little principles that fractionate down to essentially first principles. One of those, you talked about power. You talked about the leveling out of power. Sure. Um, the, the idea that patriarchy has always been this power imbalance, Right. Um, when Christ came uh, and presented the new principle, uh, which turned out to not be new because we see applications of it throughout history, the idea that leadership uh, is service, right? And so nowadays, the, the, you know, the feminists, they want to look back at history and they want to say, you know, look at the patriarchy. Look, how, look at the power imbalance. No, when you're at the top of the chain, the whole world rests on your shoulders. Yes. Christian principles 
say that that responsibility is something that you're going to be judged for, right? Kings took very seriously throughout all of, of, of Western culture. They took Right, because they were representatives of God on earth. That's right. They were placed there. And, and that's why they were, from the time they were young, they were raised up. It's actually very rare. You know, we, we only know the bad examples of monarchy or kings throughout history. Um, 99% of them were phenomenal men by any measure uh, because they were raised up from the time they were very young to know someday you will have the entire responsibility of your kingdom on your shoulders. Wow. And you will answer for every single person who you did not do right by in this entire kingdom, right? Every evil that exists in this kingdom, you will answer for. Um, and it's the same for the bishop in his diocese, right? A bishop, and of course, they don't live like that anymore, but a bishop will answer for every Planned Parenthood clinic uh, in his diocese. He will answer for every evil. Um, and of course, God knows what he could have and couldn't have prevented, but he will answer for them. Uh, and so so that power dynamic, the, the false premise that was presented was that it was an imbalance of power. Authority is not power. Those two things are distinct, right? Um, you can have authority and have no power. I mean, look at our culture now. Fathers sure. have, have authority over their families, uh, and more and more we, we're losing our power to exercise that authority um, as we see fit, right? I don't think there's a question about that. I, yeah. I and, and this is probably one of the more contentious uh, things we're going to say, but anyone can just look around. If, if someone, if you were to say that, pick any social gathering in the United States, you would be viewed upon as, you know, some sort of prehistoric troglodyte. It's like, no, we're yeah. not talking about like ordering people around. We're talking about the natural hierarchy of the family you're responsible on uh, twitter the other day by the way did you that's a good word i like it actually it's, I'm a, just it's a good it. word i i chuckled i chuckled when uh, when i read it sorry go ahead i was like you know I, i'll tell you i i, I you don't bug you, you just you know for i think this is great context can i tell the story of what your wife told me oh please yeah yeah go ahead i and, and, and it's actually better off that i tell the story because she told me this right so, okay, I'm hanging out at Bug's house for a few days and lovely family, beautiful people. I had a blast, right? He's got a daughter, four years old, a daughter, two years old, and an infant, right? Yep. Okay, so I'm talking to his wife, Bug's in the room. We're having a great conversation and we, and we got on the subject of, of, of sort of like, you know, the, the way the family's supposed to be run. So anyone at home listening who has, uh, you know, two toddlers and an infant understands this is overwhelming. Okay. I I'm sorry. It's overwhelming. And, and, you know, at the time she just recently, I believe gave birth to the third one. There is a, you know, you need protection during that period of time. You, you know, women need their, their men to help them and protect them and look out for their interest. Right. She said this to me, I couldn't believe it. So she was, uh, she was, you know, suffering from, you know, there's all these kids are, you know, there's two kids around, you know, loves them very much and try to do the best she can. And, and, and she was suffering, uh, you know, kind of mentally a little bit. And, and she started looking up and trying to self-diagnosis and was convinced that she had every disease under the sun. So this is where you come in. And again, she told me this. she said, honey, listen, uh, I got to pull this card. Y you can't look at your uh, laptop anymore. This is just going to be too much. Hand it over. 
and, and tomorrow morning you're going to sleep in and I'm going to clean the downstairs and, uh, you know, and give you a hand and you're not alone in this. Right. Is that, and, and, and she agreed. And within two weeks she came to you and said, Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Like, thank you. Is that pretty much it, Buck? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm mean, basically, uh, she had, she had kind of, uh, descended into, uh, uh a kind of hypochondria yeah, uh, that was right. uncharacteristic for her. Um, and she was at, she was, she had a lot of hospital visits that went nowhere. Uh, it was, it was a solid, you know, it was a solid six months of like a hospital visit a week. Right. And all um, understandable, you know, for anyone in her position, but, I think, you know, oh yeah, I mean, she, you know, life is stressful. Sure. We all, yeah, we, all act out, we all act out in stress in different ways um, until the virtue goes. Uh, and I just saw it building. Right. And, and you can see trends. Right? I mean, look, we're, we're all we're all trained to for pattern recognition. We see pattern. And I saw that it wasn't getting better, that it was definitely going to just keep getting worse. Um, and she was on her phone a lot um, and on her computer a lot looking at uh, looking up all kinds of medical, just Googling medical stuff of all sorts. Right. Sure. And we all know the we all know the sort of uh, archetype of the, you know, the the. The, the woman at home who's self-diagnosing and, and had all the ideas about medical stuff under the sun. Sure, um, sure. And I just, I said, you know what? She's, she's really unhappy. And, and she was, man. She was just really unhappy. Right, right. And, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm exercising my authority here. Um, you're forbidden from, from searching any medical things of any sort. Uh, if any pop-ups come up, you are not allowed to read them. Uh, any advertisements for anything that's medical related, if your friends discuss anything that's medical related, you are forbidden from viewing or thinking about medical things of all sorts. Now, if you were to say that in our current society, people would say, oh, what a tyrant you are. Well, a year later, um, a year later, she was in tears when she realized that she hadn't thought of a single medical problem. She hadn't been to the hospital. She hadn't had a single concern about it in months and months and months. It certainly took a little time to, you know, to, to taper off, but it sure, sure. Um, and she was very grateful for it. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, and, and that was just, it was my duty to, to recognize the problem, to diagnose the problem and to try and solve it. Right. And, and, and I'd like to point out, she told my authority to solve it. Then that's what my authority is. That's its intended purpose is service. Oh, oh. What a power. I, I'll tell you, I hope you don't mind. I've told that story. I kept the names out of it because I, I think it was beautiful. And she, when she told me this story, it was with joy. Like, I, I was like, I got to tell you, man, I was really knocked out by that. I was like, whoa, that was like really. And, and her, um, her I, you know, I was really taken back by her, uh, the beauty of that joy and how she just was like, wow, I really see this. Yeah. Because you know? we're supposed to protect them. Yeah. You know, they're our wives. And 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 when they're, um, you know, gosh, anyone, you know, anyone with children, you know, it gets a little much. You know, it's like, you know, things are overwhelming. You know, it's like, you know, well, I uh, designed the natural order uh, with two parents for a reason. Right. Um, there's there's always someone else to step in and, and fill the void. We're usually there. You know, we're usually there side by side in lockstep with each other. Um, but yep. certainly under pressure, uh, people, people collapse here and there. And yes, and, and, and that's and, and that thing, work. yeah, that thing you just said about you know the natural order of having you know two parents there. That's under attack. How many times have you heard that? Sure, you don't need that. You know, families, all families are equal. What? Jordan Peterson speaks speaks to this eloquently. He's another guy yeah. that um, that really you ought to check into. He's like, no, they're not equal. That the you know, and and it's it's gotten so bad 
that, uh, you know, it's really not necessary. Not only is it not necessary, it's probably a bad thing if you have a mom and dad. What is this? This is insane. And that's what we're, that's what we're covering here. Yeah. You know, yeah. you think, you think the world's insane. And by the way, you're right. And here's why it's insane. And most importantly, Bug, what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about specific resources and how to go after this because they're lying to you. And yeah. as men, we have to, and as men, we have to stand up. We've got to say no, not on my watch. And, you know, uh, I, I found this great quote. You and I have talked about this guy, Bug, and it's, uh, you know, the Gulag Archipelago, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, right? Yep. You can resolve to live your life with integrity. Let your credo be this. Let the lie come into the world. Let it even triumph, but not through me. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Anyway, a drastic overhaul of masculinity is required, but that starts with us. Yeah, there's another there's another quote. Um, I don't often quote Saint Mother Teresa. Um, uh, she's 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 not a saint that I've ever really been been super drawn to. She's got this great quote though. It's very simple, but it unpacks really well. Um, Go be the change that you want to see in the world. Right now, yeah. for a lot of people who have been imprinted with the social social justice, the SJW mindset, they think that direction when they hear that quote, right? There's, there's something else packed within that. And if you know anything about St. Mother Teresa, you know that that's not quite what she meant. She didn't mean go be a busybody and change the world, right? right. What she meant was the line of good and evil runs through the center of every human heart. Again, Solzhenitsyn. What she meant was live the principle that you believe in, right? Yes. Find, find what those principles are and live them boldly, unapologetically against every uh, opposition. That's what she meant by it. Because ultimately, it's sanctity. Circling back around to the idea that so goes the church, so goes the world. Sanctity yes. does more to change the world. And you know, if you want to naturalize that to a certain degree, um, you certainly can't, right? Simp the, the simple reality of men of character change the world. It's it's the Jordan Peterson principle of like, make your bed, you know, get your clean own your house. Room. Yeah, clean your room, get your own house in order before you go try to, you know, change the world. Sure. That was essentially what Mother Teresa was saying, right? What she was saying was, no, start with you. Because if, if you hold a principle and you're unwilling to, to die for it, you will never do a single good in the world by simply holding that principle to be true. You, you can bang that gong. You can bang the gong of that principle. And that's one of the things I want to, I want to somewhat shy away from on the show. There's a lot of shows around, you know, on masculinity and things like that. Um, and I think it's important that we, that we, we try to stay balanced. You know, one, I'm mostly talking to myself uh, pre-conversion, Right. Because everything sure. that we've talked about so far are, I could have been saying to that that young man, uh, you know, ten years ago, um, and they would have applied to him, you know, very very poignantly. Um, the other uh, the other aspect of it is, you know, the, the simple reality that, like, okay, so here's a principle. Um, people tend to take principles personally when they first hear them stated. Sure. Right? They tend to have a knee-jerk reaction. That's, by the way, that's what caused my conversion. Was someone, someone was very plainly just stating principles of sin, and it was so clear 
so plainly stated that I thought it was a personal attack on me. That person didn't know anything about me. Yep. And I got into an argument because I thought I was personally being attacked. That's going to happen on this show. It's it's inevitable. When you hear principles, every principle is, is a, a judge, right? When you hear principles, your knee-jerk reaction is going to be they're talking to me. Oh, they're, you know, they're talking about the, the, the double income in my home and they're, they're chastising me. No, look, there's a principle and then there's application. Maturity, maturity is the application of principle, right? And starting where you are, right? Figuring out how to apply the principles in your own life in a way that uh, are conducive to your life and then working towards the ideal. That's yes. the right? That, well said, Bob, please. Sorry about that. And that's... That was- And I think that's the important part here is like um, I very often see people who will kind of take the approach of, you know, I'm here to tell you how to be a man. Um, And, you know, to a certain degree, yeah, we all kind of need to be told how to be a man. Uh, It's gone from the culture and no one's telling us. Uh, That was my first when I converted. I wasn't I didn't have this this conversion moment that everyone talks about where they break down in tears of joy and everything's beautiful and sunshine and, and lollipops. I was angry when I realized that the Catholic church was exactly what she said she was. And when I heard the principles that have been presented by her for 2000 years, transmitted by Jesus Christ, right? Uh, I was angry. I was angry for months because I realized I had been lied to my whole life wow. about what it means to be a man. And I realized that I was so utterly disordered and broken that I was going to spend the rest of my life fixing that. And here's the problem. When you look back at high culture, it is absolutely true that sanctity was much easier because you you were starting from essentially a clean slate, right? You had your, your natural uh, fallen human nature. Sure. But you were building from there. We're descending below the animals, right? Because man can't fall to the level of of the animals. Man can only fall below the animals because of our high dignity. We're now climbing our way out of that, of, 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 let's call it the double fall, right? Because it's, it's, it's the, the fall of, of our nature in Adam, but then the fall of society, which spins however long until you wake up teaching sure. you everything that's contrary to masculinity. Um, and so, you know, my, my I guess my message to, to you know, the viewers out there is just like, hang in there, um, hang in there throughout this. Uh, it, it, it's, there's going to be times when it feels personal and it's not. And I, I want to kind of get into some solutions now. And I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about the idea that the application of principles is a, I mean, it's usually a very broad spectrum. Yeah. And, and by the way, before you get started, it, this is a really key point. There's a lot of content out there that does nothing but talk about the desperate condition things are in. We're we're going to acknowledge that because it's true. But about 50 percent of this is going to be this specifically is what you can do to write your personal ship. Right. You know, so please take it, Bob. Yeah, well, you know, the 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 first thing you can do is just start learning, right? I mean, that's yes. the the most important thing. When I first converted, I, I I went out and lived in the desert for six months and just read books. Um, 
I, I wanted to be in a place where I had no phone reception. Um, I had, I had zero control of myself. I had absolutely no self mastery whatsoever. Um, so living on a cot in the Mojave desert, uh, with no phone reception and a, a giant pile of books was, um, I think the greatest decision I've ever made. Um, and I've always been a big fan of history. So I, Look, moral theology, all of those things are important. Um, the, the teachings of the faith, all of that. Prayer. I mean, learning how to pray. I, I, I was talking to a nun once, a cloistered nun, right? So she she talks to outsiders every few months. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the holiest women I've, I've, I've ever uh, had the pleasure of, of conversing with. And she said, well, Bug, I've been here for 12 years now in the cloister. And I finally learned how to pray. And I said, oh, no. Right? Because the reality is, is prayer is a masculine act. And that's not to be confused with the men versus women. Uh, masculinity is the exercise of virtue, right? So, And this is a strong prayer, woman. This, right? is a, this is a strong woman. Prayer yes. is hard, right? So, look, you know, spiritual reading, books on, on prayer, all these things are important. I'm a big fan of history, though. I think history is more helpful uh, in the early stages of conversion. And when I say conversion, I mean the conversion of the whole man, right? As, as, as we often talk about, the conversion of the whole man. History sure. is crucial because you start to see the trends. When yes. You, you, there's no one book that really helps. But what happens mm -hmm. is, is you start to see this overall trend in history. You start to sort of contextualize where we are in the pattern of things. Um, and it makes it really easy to see where the errors are in our current culture, which they're everywhere. I mean, uh, the, yeah, we're, we're yeah, entirely exactly. in them um, to a point that we can't even see them anymore. Fair statement. Fair statement, Bug. Absolutely. I, I don't know how anyone does not see that. We, we're we're going to usher in utopia. Just vote for us and, and, and give us power. Yeah. The, yeah, that's well, that's the, the trail. That's the uh, it's funny because George Orwell, you know, he he, uh, which by the way, he was a socialist, and I, I I I'm always a bit saddened when I when I remember that because he was a he was a, a brilliant writer and a very smart man. Um, his ability to reason was nearly prophetic, right? Um, but what he got wrong was Big Brother. Yes. Right. He, yeah. he, envisioned, he envisioned this total tyrannical society, right, uh, that that mandated every aspect of life. That isn't the patriarchy. That isn't uh, that isn't big brother. Uh, it's essentially big sister. Right. It's 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 an effeminate society who no longer accepts responsibility for their own life and actions. Um, and so you need an Oedipal mother. Right. Or uh, a big sister, if you will, uh, to to walk you through every aspect of life and to pat you on the head and say, "Don't worry, it's all taken care of for you. Go to work like a good boy. Get your paycheck. Buy your video games. Stay quiet." Right. And this is the you know getting into the solutions. These are going to be extremely broad right now. Yes, uh, of course. As yeah. The show continues. From episode to episode. And, and we're going to drill down on specifics and, 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 and what to do and how to move forward. But please right. go ahead. Right. So the, the future of this show is us drilling down on, on each particular issue yes. um, 
all the widgets, and there are hundreds of widgets in this problem from economics to, uh, you know, economics is an important subject, by the way. Absolutely. Because the, the current state, the current order of society in regards to economics is explicitly anti-masculine. It's explicitly designed to remove us from our own responsibilities. Um, and if you wanted to find what anti-masculine is, yes. that's it. Sorry for the interruption, but this is an important message. We are proud to have St. Joseph Partners sponsor us. St. Joseph Partners is a service provider to individual investors and institutions focused on physical gold, silver, and other precious metals. History points to physical gold, precious metals in your possession as a great protector of your family's wealth. Right now, inflation is hard to ignore. Currencies and governmental systems can fail. Having physical precious metals on hand is an excellent insurance policy, and it's precisely the kind of issues that we discuss with masculinity and society right now. So call St. Joseph Partners or visit our web website. The number is on the screen. There are no high pressure sales tactics. They'll help you and answer any questions that you might have. And they're also committed to their charity of promoting spiritual fasting. They have funded Faster America for 10 years now to pray for God's protection of our nation. So please consider St. Joseph Partners if you or anyone else you know is considering purchasing gold or other physical precious metals. Again, phone number, website address on the screen. Now back to our show. It's the idea of removing you from what you're intrinsically responsible for. Um, and so I, I- And ultimately the repercussions of those actions that they're going to view ahead of time and solve. It's, yep. it, it's insane. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're getting into the solutions. The, the, this episode here is just very high level, broad solutions. You know, your right. health. Look, the body conforms to the operations of the soul, but the body is what what the soul operates through, right? And when the when the body is healthy, when when you're when you're eating right, when you're eating meat, get out there and have a steak, right? Um, when you're eating meat, your 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 body is is functioning properly. The, the yep. soul operating through it is just gonna function better. When you're not tired, when you're not bogged down when you're not foggy minded right so that's that's kind of you know step one number one is is just wherever you can in your life and i can't tell you what that is for you personally but you know get out and exercise man exercise sure. exercise gives you the endorphins that that you need um in the sunshine by the way and don't wear a mask man you know what's what's funny is uh my previous life i sp i was a, a writer and I, I spent a lot of time Indoors, I spent a lot of time sitting at a table. I, you know, I was a very uh, fidgety person, right? So I was always up and walking around the room and pacing the room. I had this little pool cue um, that I would, I would kind of wave around as I was thinking through subjects, and I would have little imaginary sword fights with it and stuff, just to kind of stay active, right? Um, but uh, now I'm a farmer. I work, I work on a, you know, I've got my homestead, and and I'm outside. During the summer, the spring, summer, and fall, I was outside eight hours a day, solid, like actually under the sun, eight hours a day. Yeah. And uh, what I I was really uh, surprised. I shouldn't have been, but I was surprised to realize the clarity of thought. One day, I just realized um, my clarity of thought has has just jumped through the roof. Like I'm able to just articulate my thoughts a lot clearer now. Um, whereas I used to spend a lot of time trying to articulate thoughts and now I'm just cleaning a chicken coop and they're, they're coming a million miles a minute. Right. 
Um, yes. So being outside, finding reasons to be outside and, and working hard and, uh, I mean, hard work, you know, till and keep, man. Hard, finding, finding hard work to do is important. Uh, good manual labor. If you have an inside job, if you're working at a an office or something, go volunteer somewhere where you've got to bale hay, right? Like that. I mean, that's it's it's as simple as that. It uh, really is. Yeah. And, and who, and, who who doesn't who doesn't feel that right after hard day's work? Yeah, and, and a lot of people fill that gap with with the gym, and that's fine. Like you know, sure. if, if, go get your swole on. You want to go to the gym? Go do it. But good actual manual labor. The combination of exercise and productivity, combination of of exercise and uh, and ordering the world, right? Because that's what that's essentially what to till and to keep means, right? We are we are to bring about order in the world, um, and as men, we don't feel good about ourselves unless we are bringing about order from the chaos around us. Um, so go volunteer somewhere where you've got to actually carry some heavy stuff and 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 make something right and break a sweat uh, preferably with the vitamin d in the sun absolutely um you know and and order the world around you right you know sure the old, the old jordan peterson maxim right like clean your room clean uh, right. you know and and if you can't do that make your bed right and, you know start start where you are uh and then yeah reading man history history is one that that I'm, I'm always pushing hard on people i had a friend of mine once say you know i don't understand why you read so much history um all you need is moral theology, you know, and, and this, this certain friend, all he read was moral theology, which is good. Um, moral theology is crucial. We won't make it without it. And I said, reading history is reading the application of moral theology. Of moral theology. It's, it's that's validation. It's, right. it's validation of moral theology. That's exactly it. That's what history is, which sure. is, which is, by the way, in classical education, it was, it was largely history. The, the you know when when you're looking at like Saint Augustine and all the classics for thousands and thousands of years, sure. um, they knew every single aspect of history inside and out. They knew yes. every society that ever existed. They knew everything about that society. I mean, history is uh, history is the application of moral theology, and that's what that's what maturity is too. By the way, right? Maturity because anyone can learn principles. And then still flounder and say, please, someone tell me what to do. Tell me how to apply this principle. Sure. Um, the reality is that's what maturity is. Maturity is shouldering the responsibility of the application of principles. Um, so you also have to learn the principles. Right? You've, you've got you've to start looking at philosophy uh, uh, a little closer. And, and there's a trend in philosophy. What I always tell people, because it can get really confusing at first when you start to look at it. Just take a minute. All right, take a minute and, and, and kind of look at the overview of philosophy. There's a, a continual thread for nearly 2,000, more than 2,000 years, because it go, goes back to the Stoics and you know, back to the Greeks. There's a continual thread which never really contradicts itself. And then you start to get the upenders. You start to get the guys who their goal was to start over. Their goal was to contradict the entire tradition of philosophy. So find that thread and stick to it, and you're good. When you find the people who they clearly were attempting to throw that out, you know, shy away from them because they're 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 liars. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, and uh, well, I well, you got some other points in there too, uh, Mr. Mom. What you, what do you have to say about it? Well, I, I think, and again, in framing up the show, uh, um, 
I think, well, first of all, I, I love that you just said, and I, I want to ask your opinion on something because again, you're framing it up. I think our purpose here is, is to find solutions, obviously, but in the broader context, why? The solutions are really straightforward. Number one is our salvation. The, we, we live in a world, even if you're culturally Christian, okay, um, there is, uh, that has been watered down to the point where it's unrecognizable. Yeah. And I would say, and, and again, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. I would say that's the goal and how to get there is hard work. And, and it starts with a lot of work to, and you, I think you spoke about this the entire show very well, how to think something. And, and if you ask me, that's the purpose of education, which yeah. you're not getting in, in the current environment. Well, you're told what to think. You're told what to think. It's, it's ideological in, yeah. in its nature. It is not, uh, call it classic, right? right? And so what we're going to do is say, look, these are the these are the resources, these are the facts, that, and, and it starts with embracing the cross, because if you don't embrace the cross, salvation is out. And that's the beauty of what you were talking about from the Aristotelian method from earlier days to what happened when Christ was born. Now our suffering has purpose. It has meaning. We can align it to that cross. It, I, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's it. Yeah. So, you know, to bring this back around to the, the title of the show and, and uh, I've always, I've always uh, gotten a lot of, of fruitfulness from meditating on the idea that the cross, right? The yeah. cross is a puncture in time and space, right? Um, and not to get too, too theological, but you know, look, God is outside of space and time. Yeah. Right? So our Lord on the cross is accessible to us in reality. Yes, we enter into it during mass. That's exactly right. Every mass accesses that puncture in time and space. Well said, man. Everything before the cross was leading to the cross and everything since then is drawn back to it, right? That's where we belong. Every aspect of our life, and this is the problem, you know, we talked about as goes the church, so goes the, the world. Um, Pope St. Pius V, uh, said that all the evils of the world are looted, uh, due to lukewarm Catholics. Oh, was that brilliant? Yeah. By the way, and and look, the reality is, what what we've lost in our faith, and you can go on and on about the effeminacy of the hierarchy and all of those problems, but what it boils down to is they've removed the cross, they've removed it from the mass, they've removed it from our prayer lives, they have told us essentially that the cross is um, it's a symbol. Yes. It's a symbol. It's an optional symbol. It's an op does, it, does it help your spiritual life? Okay, fine. And we'll, good. Well, there are many paths to, to Nirvana. Right. But, but, if it, but if it doesn't help your spiritual life, find something else. Right. Um, feel free to, to espouse the, uh, the non-Catholic view of, you know, oh, well, I serve a risen Lord. Okay. I do too. But you know what? I can't serve him. Until I have spent my time kneeling at the foot of the cross with his mother and with the blessed apostle and with St. Mary Magdalene, right? Who those three figures represent the entire perfection of humanity. And what I mean by that is we have the blessed mother, right? Uh, the, 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 the first and last perfection of the human race, right? Um, outside, of course, of, of our Lord, who was God incarnate. We've got the repentant sinner, right? The woman who, who wept for her sins at the foot of the cross because she knew that our Lord was up there because of her, right? Yeah. So that's 
that's the cross puncturing the past, right? Wow. Yeah, sure. And that's then, yeah. then St. John at the foot of the cross. That's the cross puncturing the future. St. John. Because he was the youngest apostle. He was the youngest apostle. He was wow. our Lord's favorite apostle, right? He was the beloved apostle. And he was he was the one that was going to take the cross forward, right? Who, who, you know, by I think most accounts, um, presents the highest uh, uh, explanation, if you will, uh, uh, you know, of our Lord and his life and his passion uh, and his resurrection. So we belong at the foot of the cross. We belong there every second of every day. Um, everything has to flow through that. Everything has to go through that tiny little pinhole that was punctured in time and space. Um, and we have to learn. We have to spend our entire life learning how to do that and learning the practical ways to do that in our life, where we meet it, right? Um, whether it be our economic situation, our work situation, our life situation, our family situations, everything, everything goes back to the cross. Well said. Our cross. And by the way, that's, that's where the fight is. Yes. Right. We yeah. as men, we are made to fight. We're made for battle, right? The joy de guerre. All the fights of the world are at the foot of the cross. That is where evil is defeated. That is where death is defeated. That is where the, the softness of, of the fall and, and the, the, the effeminacy of men, that's where it's defeated. It's all at the foot of the cross. That cross is not just our salvation. It, it, it is our own greatness when we pick it up and unite ourselves to our Lord. We've forgotten that as a church. And so the world has forgotten the natural application of it. Um, we, we won't make it without that cross. And uh, I got to say, I, 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 I know I'm getting a little fired up here, but uh, it's a shame. Yes, it is. Because when you look at history, you know, people will, people will chastise you um, or condemn you for having a golden era mentality. But it's plain and clear. Yes, that it while, is. you know, while they might not have had the the pain meds that we would like to have, you know, during uh, surgeries and while they might not have had access to education like we have today. And while there might have been a, a, a million things that you would have rather not had to live with. Um, what's painfully clear is that greatness was the purpose of the world. It was the center of the world because the cross was the center of the world. Um, the Carthusians have a great, uh, a great, their motto is um, the world turn. I think it's the, the world turns, but the cross is steady. Um, I think that's. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that is, by the way, for those who listen to Carthusians are a very uh, traditional monastic order. So yeah, that yeah. anyone doesn't know that. I, I got to tell you, but I, I can't add one commentary to what you just said. That was that was perfect. I want to thank you for it. I was it was really well well thought out. Um, you know, if I may, maybe we'll wrap this up. Yeah, if that's cool. I think that's a good uh, idea. Yeah, we, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, we we uh, we definitely we definitely should wrap it up. And and uh, I think looking looking forward to unpacking as much of this as we can. I mean, you're you're. Your small diatribe about the uh, all the various issues from the wage issues, yes. and, you know, like I mean, there's a there's a million things to unpack here, and I, I exactly. don't see us ever yeah. running out of content. Uh, uh, yes, and by the way, this is worth mentioning because we, you know this is the way we are. 
keep it civil. If you don't agree with us, by all means, say it. We'll have you on. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Debate. We'll, we'll, we'll debate you. Sure. I think that's. I think that's a. I think that's a great. A great way to look at it. You know, men. Look, men. Men fight. Men fight. And, and you know, I, I. I must say, and and one of the things I always enjoy about your friendship, Mr. Hall, is this. Um, you have an enormous capacity to understand the larger picture, and, and you always say this. People are in different circumstances. The the point is, we have to get to that point where we understand where that target is. Yeah. And, and, and there's no question about that. And then and, and we do our best to soldier on. Pick and up your go, rifle. And then we go from there. Look, the the yes, the problem, and we all do this. Yes. I, I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anyone else. The problem is too. when we are attached to anything that's contrary to the principle, we want to erase the ideal and claim that our current position is the ideal. We want to roll back the principle to where we are um, so that we can stay comfortable, right? And there's, yep. nothing, there's nothing comfortable about the, the foot of the cross. Um, so the reality is we have to recognize the ideal for what it is and then figure out where we are. And the problem is most people, most people that I talk to never let me get to that point, right? Because the ideal has already been rejected for whatever the comfortable position is. Sure. But, Let's work through it um, because there are a million. Look, there's a great story. I know we got to wrap this up real quick. There's a, gr- sure. there's a story of a guy that was being chastised online um, for being, you know, 30 something and, and, and not married. Right. right. Um, or 40. Maybe he's 40. Uh, the point being, though, is he was being chastised for it because he was he's presenting uh principles. He's saying, well, this is a principle and this is a principle. And people were looking for an attack on him. And he scoffed at it. He kind of laughed at it. And he said, you know what? You're right. I didn't fulfill the principle. I, I, I don't hide from that fact. It's an accident of history. It's something that I am ashamed of. But here we are. Now what? Now what? Wow. Now what? Right. Per- perfect. Um, sorry. And you defended that man for, for that position. He man, he, he, he greatly earned my respect because that's the position we have to have in, in every situation, if someone is if someone is looking for the principle, and their desire is to move forward, let's figure it out from where you are. The great the greatest spiritual directors that I've ever known always start there, right? Um, they always start with looking where are you, how can we start moving forward? You've got it. You've you've got it. Yeah. If you can't do something perfectly, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to do it at all. Right. I mean, that's start where you are. If you can't pray well, start praying. Start praying. And, and, and therein, in that, um, in that description you just gave is, is we trust in God's mercy. That's it. You know, and, and, and bug, I, with your permission, Mr. Hall, we shall leave it there. <laughs> no, I think that's a good idea. I, yeah. I would wax poetic all day, but uh, we've got more shows uh, coming up and I look forward to it. Me too. I'm drilling down on these subjects. Uh, they're 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 near and dear to my heart, and uh, I wish, I wish someone had spoken to me, in a plain, unbridled, clear way, uh, much earlier on. It would have saved me a lot of suffering. Good Lord, yeah. And, you know, it would have saved a lot of other people a lot of suffering too. Um, and, uh, and to your point, get back to being men. And to your point, you're doing you're 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 trying to. Uh, institute and eternalize those positions into your very soul best way you can. And, and, uh, you know, anyway, you have a lot, you have a lot of great things to say. And I'm looking forward to it. 
Um, we're going to wrap it up. This is uh, Jim Mon and Mr. Bug Hall, and uh, this is the 12th station. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We are really looking forward to drilling down on this subject. And not only, again, not only uh, talking about the myriad of problems out there, but how, as Bug said, you can move forward. So that'll do it. Anyway, take care, guys. And thanks a lot for, uh, thanks for listening. See you, Bug. Pray much and suffer well, y'all.